Hey, what's good, people? We're back. This is Sports Debate Tuesday. No, it's that guy. That dude. It's Rob McLean. The episode starts right now. Alright, you know I gotta sing it. Hated I love a thunder doze on top. I'm gonna shine, hold me until my heart stops. Go ahead, envy me. I'm Raps MVP, and I ain't going nowhere, so you should get to know me. Man, been a fun couple of weeks, man. I know you got some tournaments in, got some training in. I've been to New Orleans. I went to um, Wisconsin, going to Atlantic City. A um, lot of um, traveling around, you know. COVID's kind of waning down, and we're getting yes. back to our normal life, dude. And we... um. Sang a little karaoke last night, so you know my voice going to be a little bit hoarse. But hey, thank you for joining us, people. This is episode 67, along with my man Rob. Keep it. McLean. McLean. I'm your host with the most. I'm Jason DeBeers, and we got some fun subject matter, and we have some annoying subject matter that we got to exist there. But hey, it's if we don't talk about it, it will be sports malpractice, all right? so. But Rob, what's good? What's good? Nothing, brother. Nice. Rob's like, I'm all about that action, boss. <laughs> I'm here so I don't get fined. <laughs> all right, so hey, we UFC's coming up. Got the trilogy. Got McGregor, um, Dustin Poirier. They both KO'd each other. One one was TKO and one was just a straight up starching. He, he just caught him on the way down hard, if you remember that second one. Um... Yeah, of course, we got to talk about Shikari Richardson. Got to talk about we got to talk about PEDs versus banned substances. That's going to be on to shame or not to shame. So if it spills over, it spills over. Beach volleyball, our wheelhouse. Something went with oddly enough, we're the least comfortable talking about. But we, you know, Olympics is coming up. The pools are out. But first things first, Rob, let's go to the NBA. All right. Now we got the second seed in the West. The Suns and the third seed in the East, the Bucks. They're now the last two teams standing, and they're both in the NBA Finals. And what looks what looks like to be a fast break, fast paced NBA Finals. Love me some Chris Paul. Love that that um, the Bucks have enough depth on their team. Uh, the operative word being team. To, to survive and and some say back into the finals but i wouldn't say that if you do it without greek freak you you did something so so rob three seed east two seed west who wins ah uh, man um i mean you know i don't i don't see i don't know exactly what 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 giannis is going to be able to do obviously he put up 40 yeah. Seven and eleven, so he's not yeah. too hurt. He's listed but, as doubtful you know, for tonight, so I'll, I'll put that right. out there. So I don't know. You know, it's a it's a, it's a long series. Um, if they're going to minimize his his minutes, um, Middleton's got to show up. If Middleton shows up how he has for the last two three games, that was real. That's a real deal. He's not trying to shoot threes all time. He's trying to just create a shot and make every shot he can. Yeah, that's that's a real team. But at the end of the day, you know, the Suns are actually the least injured team. You know, uh, usually they're either Chris Paul is out. That was, that was massive for them. They had Cameron Payne hurt. You know, Devin Booker got hit in the face. You know, uh, Aiton, uh, Aiton got, you know, the ankle of the knee. So it's like, I just feel like as a team, the, the continuity between the Suns is just too much to overcome for the Bucks. 
I really want the Bucks to win a championship. I love both these teams. I, I don't care who wins, but uh, what if I had to choose, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with the Suns. I think they had a much tougher route to get through, and um, yeah, they they made it look maybe a little easier than people thought. You know, there's Rob. There's something about going through like a grueling playoffs, like where iron sharpens iron. And you mentioned at the at the end of your your soliloquy about the tougher road. If you can get through that tougher road uninjured, it's like you're prepared. You're you're, you're just more mentally tough to win a finals. You're you're more mentally prepared to be in tight game situations where it doesn't feel feel as um where it, feel, it just feels more normal instead of like something new. Or not foreign because they're gonna you know they're in situations like that all the time, right? But in the playoffs against the same team, where that constant pressure is gonna come every night, right? You don't have an easy game the next night, or you know, no problem. We got you know, um, can't even name a bad team, Sacramento or whatever. You know, no, nah, you got that same team um, every other night. <laughs> so, so with that being said. Um, I, well, let me pick my winner first, but I, there's some important things I wanted to talk about in this playoff run because we haven't, we haven't been, we haven't seen each other in a minute. Um, I gotta go with the Suns. I think the Suns got more depth. I think they got more leadership. Chris Paul, look, when he came back, it looked like he was hurting the team more, more than helping him. He was just shooting bricks. He was, you know, um, his handle was some, I mean, his handle was there, but it looked like it held on by a thread and then something happened the last couple of games where he just, he just... He he was the field general, and now, now I'm like good. Now you could do now. Now I'm comfortable watching them State Farm commercials, cause I mean I, I I mean the way I grew up watching the NBA when you saw a basketball player, right? It was because they had a ring, right? The, the commercials and all that stuff, all the endorsements comes with winning championships, or the, their personality was so extroverted they can't be ignored. You you look at people like Charles Barkley, right? Uh, or or the mailman Carl Malone, or um, I mean Ewing. I don't know. Ewing was just beloved as a nice person, but but he's also you know should have had a ring. So I'm picking them. And the elephant in the room that we 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 wanted to talk about, I guess, does does it matter? Do they do they win? whether the Greek freak or Giannis plays or not. And I think the answer to that is yes. I think if Greek freak's in there, um, I'm not saying they're a better team without him. I'm not saying Brooke Lopez has been the second coming of Christ or whatever, even though he's been playing like it's particularly in game five, right? He put up like a 33 burger and God knows how many rebounds and that sky hook, look, <laughs> that sky hook brought back Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, memories. But, but, you look at Greek Freak. He wasn't particularly good at the free throw line. Um, he's been settling for a lot of threes. He's seventeen percent from from um, downtown. I mean, it's not something, you know, not not the smartest thing in the world. And but Middleton is going to make it a series. Middleton has been the catalyst, right? He's been dishing off. He's been taking shots. He's been very Westbrookish, where he's involving everybody and himself in a play. So they won't get swept. I just think they're too good for that. Um, but I, I no. picked the Suns four to one. I picked the Suns four to one. I think Game Three is going to be tight, um, and that determines if they go with a Game Six or whatever. I think it's going to be the same as this series, uh, this past series with the Clippers. You know, four uh, two, good series. You know, good Game Six. But again, the Suns have had a fantastic uh, record um, on the road this playoff series, not only on the road but closing on the road. Right. So they. I, they're going to have chances to close on the road. That, yeah. That's all I'm going to say. And I think that's where the strong point is. You know, they take that, 
animosity from the other building and they kind of turn it in their favor and they want to finish. So, so yeah, it's going to be a tough team to beat. Yeah. I got a question for you. What's your, what's your level of excitement um, or disappointment in injuries happening to star players or key players in each team? I, I think I want to go first as far as the answer. I was not happy at first, but when you saw people like Terrence Mann step up, uh, how about Reggie Jackson? How about um, Trey Young? Nice coming out party, right? Beat the beat the four seed or beat the one seed, the, or whatever the Knicks were the four seed, and then then beat the one seed, beat um, um the Sixers. So watching some of these people say, "Hey, I'm a star too," or "I could put up points too," and now they got to be recognized coming into next season is only good for the sport. Thoughts? Yeah, I just, um, I have to say, I just, I, I think it's both sides, and I don't know why it can't be, you know. I don't think that the season should have started short. You can't, I mean, started early. I don't think you can't, you can, you can deny that the injuries are clearly a reason from overuse and over overplaying mm-hmm. uh, two seasons in the timeline of basically a season and a half. Um, but, yeah, of course, I think it would be amazing that we have uh, the, the option to, the ability to have all these other players out there uh, to play and, and keep the games pretty high level. Like they're all good, very good players. You know, you didn't have Kawhi Leonard, but the Clippers looked fantastic. You know, yeah. you didn't have LeBron and AD, but the Lakers still pull up a really nice <clears throat> fight. So um, I just think at the end of the day, you need to protect those star players, give them an out, you know, give them uh, like the NFL did. Hey, you don't have to play this season. You guys just played a roll around season. You know, you can get a certain amount of your contract, but the fact of saying, like, you have to play because the guys at the bottom aren't going to be able to get paid now, I mean, I just think this whole situation could have been averted a long time ago, and um, the, the NBA just really did not handle that correctly. They kind of just strong-armed their players into playing. So this is what they get, and hopefully, because, again, after injury, you have no guarantees. Hopefully, Jamal Murray comes back right. You know, hopefully, Kawhi Leonard comes back right. You know, hopefully... You know, some of these guys who have major injuries, hopefully Joel Embiid comes back 100% fully. You know, big guys like that, they get injuries in their knees and their feet. Mm. That could be their career. Uh, you know, that could be the, the limiting point in their career. So I just think it's a really terrible move on the NBA. I'd uh, like, but, but I also believe that it is a great opportunity they created for those younger players. So, damn, I was going to actually just close up shop with that. But I, I think what I wanted to say was I like. I would like to see them not load manage as much because what happens, they're taking these games off. You have all these big gaps. And then all of a sudden, when they want to make the playoffs, now all of a sudden they go from load managing to doing these 42-minute games and 44-minute games. And I think that's what, what gets players hurt, right? I mean, um, I mean, yeah, they started late. And, and yeah, it, it is risk-averse or whatever. But it's not like <laughs> – I don't want to sound like I'm not, I'm not empathetic or sympathetic. But damn, man, it's not like they wait in tables at night, you know? No, it's not all right. It's not like they're, the the nights and that they're not playing. They're trying to make them their nuts somewhere, you know. No, but no, I totally get it. It, it, it. There's no doubt the correlation suggests that the the shortened season uh, um, and the injuries are very connected. They're they're. I mean, uh, I don't know the logical or the scientific connection, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a hell of a, a bunch of coincidences <laughs> that happen, and and that did happen. And and the question is. Going forward, what do they do about it now? I mean, next season's going to be a normal season. I'm very interested to see, to see if they have a lot of those injuries too, you know? And I mean, when, uh, for the people listening, like elite athletes, injuries, there's nobody that plays 
there's no, no I mean, from mixed martial arts, the football, the basketball, to our wheelhouse, volleyball, beach volleyball, nobody comes and saying, I got nothing wrong with me. <laughs> it's just, it's just yeah. something they deal with. It's just, but an 82 game season, man, you, you know, go ahead, Rob. Well, I think, I think there's a, you know, the difference between being hurt and being injured is yeah. uh, something that's kind of lost among, you know, sports people because we play this game like, Oh, I'm not really that hurt, you know, or I'm not really, I'm just hurt. I'm not injured. Mm. Let's say yeah. to use the words correctly. Nah, and, that's it. Uh, you know, they go on injuring themselves mm-hmm. when they could have just taken some time off and, you know, done something else where, cause there's that, that ideology where you got to just push through it and then you'll be better for it. Yeah. Mentally. Yes, maybe, but mm. physically no, you know? So at the end of the day, it, it is very difficult to, to say, you know, this and that, but what a cool movie yeah, that was. Um, Remember the program? In the program, Omar Epps, he got hit. Football, college football movie, he got hit really hard, and the coach is like, are you hurt or are you injured? He's like, what's the difference? He says, if you're hurt, you can play. (laughs) And if you're injured, you can't. (laughs) So which one? He's like, I'm hurt. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that's just a big Mm. distinction, and it'll help out a lot to, Mm. you know, sway. Because, you know, if you're hurt, you know, you could play through it. You know, you could just – Take a little rest and come right back yeah. and, and, and improve. I may I personally rather have them not play because I don't I don't like that excuse bullshit. You know, you lose. Oh, if I wasn't hurt, I would have won. No, to me, no, but once see, you make that decision, different. no, because what happens if they play hurt and they win? Don't they get the credit yeah. for it? I mean, why can't they take that hot L? I think you know. <laughs> I think way past. I think a long time ago, like nobody was really giving Jordan praise for for playing in the in the in the, in the flu game. Yeah. I'm not saying right after, but they were more. It was more like, oh, okay, cool, they won this game. That's amazing. That's great. But they still got you know more to do. You know what I mean? So it's like, but you know how many seasons he played all 82 games too, though. Oh yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, again, that's it. But that's a different mentality where it's like, think about that. He played all 82 and they're still saying like, oh, you know, I hope he doesn't not play this game, you know, because we really need him. <laughs> it's like and Kobe, too. 82 games. But Kobe was yeah. saying Kobe said we have an obligation to the fans somewhere. Someone out there, someone saved a whole bunch of money to buy a ticket to watch me play, you know, and I really got man. Mumbo always got my respect for that, man. Oh, oh my God, man. So, so listen, we um, I don't know if we got anything on quick question, or whatever. But right now, we we move on to mixed martial arts. We wrap up NBA for now. Uh, mixed martial arts got a big event coming up. We got the trilogy. We have Conor McGregor, who's the the highest, the biggest money maker in the history of mixed martial arts, and and certainly one of the highest paid players in the sport. Um, you know, I mean, post Floyd Mayweather, he's been doing these ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like, ridiculous contracts for these fights, not to mention pay-per-view points, not to mention everything else that comes with it. He he's, he wants to run this one back. He got KO'd by Justin Poirier in the second round, and Poirier saw he was hurt, and then Poirier came up with that combination that looked boxer-worthy. He didn't even throw any leg kicks or whatever. Man, he did this combination where it looked like Conor was getting hit by, four, by like, four forearms or four, you know, like, four fists. He, you just couldn't see him coming fast enough, so... Connor starched him. He tried to duck one the first um the first fight. Connor knocked him out. Actually called it first round knockout. Dustin Poirier, he got rocked the first round, the second match, right? A little bit, but when but it was a different weight class. So I'm I guess I'm gonna go first on who's since I'm talking. Who um the question is who's gonna win this main event? So I'm gonna continue to go first on this. Um 145. 
really looked like Dustin couldn't, you know, take a lot of the. Uh, you you feel you feel Connor's power, man. You, you're gonna get starched. But 155, a lot of these guys, you know, who could come in in the weigh-ins of 170, 175, it looked like Dustin. Dustin got rocked and he got hit. And any normal person, if you look at the slow motion, it looked like they should have just got knocked into the into the stone ages. But Dustin was like, "Ow, okay, he got me. Let me keep my hands up. I ain't gonna. T- I can't take too many of those." But I ate it. So when I saw Dustin eat eat some of those shots the way he does, I see this fight kind of playing out the same way. But I think as far as Connor's um, uh, mental preparation and as far as his coach coming up with new ideas on how to how to win some of these runbacks, I I, I gotta go with Connor. I, I gotta go with Connor in a trilogy. I gotta go with, and I'm gonna go with Connor actually second round. I think I think Dustin's going to sustain a lot of a lot of um, damage the first round, and I think it's going to happen a lot like Eddie Alvarez. You know, um, the only difference is like Dustin's a, a nasty lefty man, and and Connor's had trouble with lefties. You know, Nate Diaz was left-handed, so um, um, wow, really, really tough to pick one on this because they're both so worthy, and this is this is Dustin's time too, right? Isn't it his time too? Um, I go with Connor second round. Who you got? Uh, it's a tough one because I, I love again. I really like both fighters as fighters. Um, I liked Connor a lot more when mm-hmm. he was younger, but uh, yeah, I when you're talking about the fight, Dustin, man, when, when I saw that last fight, um, very mature, you know, very mature fighter, especially offensively. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of you know from their first fight with McGregor. Like he he knew he had to grow up on his feet. You know, he thought he was a good striker, and Connor just completely outclassed him just now with natural talent. And uh, still, even to this day, Connor can hit that one too better than anybody in the game, and he can just <laughs> shut your lights out. Yeah. So it's like a fake that, one too. It's like the right is a fake. It's like a fake goes straight like into Adesanya that. Just like Adesanya, or yeah. just like uh, just like um, what's his name, uh, Kamar Usman. Yeah, you know, it's just like that touch one. You know? <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, hmm. Connor is not really uh, all around martial art. He's just not, you know, he's, he's more of a boxer or a kickboxer, you know, uh, in an MMA suit. So I think that Dustin just has too many tools to win this fight. Imagine what happens when it goes to the ground. Imagine what happens, you know, if, if, you know, if they get into a brawl, the only way Connor wins his fight, and this is the way I'm trying to see fights now. The only way Connor wins his fight, if he totally outclasses Dustin. And I just don't see that happening. I just think Mm -hmm. that Dustin can take enough shots to give them back. And Connor can't take nothing. Connor cannot take. He's a glass. He's like a glass, like a glass person. Like you, you touch him a couple of times, he's gonna suck his gas tank, and then he's not gonna be able to hit as hard. And if he can't hit as hard, that's it. That's yeah. it for him. You know, you kick him now. Now we see. You know, he doesn't have unusually strong legs or nerves that are hidden behind certain muscles. So you know, he gets some nerve damage in his leg. Boom, done. You know, he goes yeah, to the ground. Yeah, that calf done. kick. Dustin gets some some hits on him. Done. <clears throat> so it's like. There's too many chances for Connor to get rocked. It's got to be absolutely perfect. But I do agree with you. At the end of the day, they got to be standing. Neither one of them like to go to the ground, even though Dustin could easily probably win this fight in the ground. And, I really uh, think he can, dude. I, I think he's just going to stand and try to trade with him like he did mm-hmm. in the first and think he can beat him. And I think Connor's going to be a lot more prepared for that and yeah. come in with a lot more kicks and a lot more distance so he can't be getting kicked in the legs. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Connor in this one. After all the praise I give Dustin, yeah, I just don't think if Connor really takes things seriously, I just don't think a second time through 
that yeah. Dustin can handle all that. He got touched one time, and that was probably the scariest thing for yeah. either fighter on either side mm-hmm. the whole time. Once mm-hmm. Tyler got his leg kicked out, yeah. you all, everybody knew it was just when. Yeah. Not not if it was when Connor was going to go down. It but was, but when yeah. when it was even, uh-huh. you know, Connor got him real quick, and it was like, oh my gosh, this guy's about to get it. So yeah. like, we'll see. I, I'm going to pick Connor if I had to put money on it. Um, but I still a lot of praise to Dustin. I really think heart of hearts he probably will win. But yeah. I think I don't put my money on Connor. He really showed his toolbox that last match, right? The begin the beginning of the first right. round, there was a takedown. You know what right. I'm saying? And Connor was still dominating at the middle of uh, the octagon, but all of a sudden you got that calf kick, and then like somewhere between the second and third kick, you could see Connor his body language and him trying to lean forward on it because I think I think. The, he's got his back foot, but he, he that lean forward thing uh, really helps you get secure that left hand because when you throw to left, you have to be able to pull back and not get caught too, right? Which is how he uses yeah. his reach. So that that lead leg gets kicked out like that. You're you're hesitant to load up because if you load up and if you don't get him, you know what I'm saying? You 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 leave yourself to be to open to get pieced up a little bit. And and Dustin is a combination KO guy because we've seen him fight Eddie Alvarez. And stay in the pocket and, and fight and knock out Eddie Alvarez. We seen him fight um, Justin Gaethje, which I thought was like match of the year, and they they just stayed in the middle because Justin Gaethje back then was about going into the middle. And if I get finished, I get finished. If I win, I win because that's the, you know, I don't even. I mean, the guy has Justin Gaethje is a whole different animal. I think the guy has seven fights and nine bonuses. <laughs> just has he had more bonuses than he has fights? Is right performance of the night and like fight of the night. So. Mm-hmm. But Dustin, man, he he he. There's no. I don't think there's a 155 or better than weathering the storm, and saying, "Hey, I'm still here, and I got some badass boxing, dude. I got some nasty combinations." And you know, so when I saw him take down Connor, when I saw him, and when I saw him do that calf kick, um, and then I saw him eat some shots that 145 looked like it would have been a problem. I was like, wait. Wait, let's let's see what happens, Connor's second round. The worst thing that's happened to Connor in all of his matches happened in the second round, <laughs> right? Even Eddie, um, um, Chad Mendes, right? Most of that fight, Chad was winning until until Connor found a way to get up. Which, by the way, his look, his ground game isn't as strong as like a lot of the fighters, but it doesn't mean it sucks. The guy finds a way to get up. The the guy found a way to get up when Khabib took him down. He found a way to get up when Dustin took him down. So he's he's. I mean, I don't expect him to do some triangle choke or catch someone in the arm bar on the ground, but but may, uh, maybe his his coaches spend more time, you know, helping him get up, and he's done that successfully. I give him that. And plus, you have you're five nine, and you have a six foot four wingspan, seventy four inches. No, six two wingspan. You're you're gonna you're gonna have a longer reach than than almost everyone. He's had a longer reach than everyone he's fought against, except Nate Diaz. Mm-hmm. Nate Diaz is seventy six. He's he's the one that's a six four wingspan. So so. All right, we got our winners. What is – I'm going to give you – I'm going to scroll to the main card and I'm going to scroll to the prelims. What is a match of interest besides the main event that you're interested in seeing? So this – Oh, man. This is uh, – well, I'm going to just give you mine and then I'm going to go back to you. I'm going to just say one thing and I'm going to um, – just one name and I'm going to go back to you. This right here, Condit and Max Griffin. That's the one I want to see. That's, that's the that's see? the prelim. That's that's the main event prelim. Um, um, First of all, I think I think there's only two fights on this that I, that I that I would go and get popcorn for. Everything else, what? I'm like I'm sitting down the whole time. 
every single fight on this Ooh. on this card is like even of us and you know, Greg even Hardy. The, even in the early prelims, they have they have Jessica I in the early prelims. Yes, let me see. Let me I'm see. like, what? <laughs> yes, and Jennifer, Jennifer Maya. Maya, Jessica I. So I'm like, how about what? Tavares and Omari? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. I'm like, what is going on? This is crazy. You got Jerome Riviere. So it's like, um, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to see Ryan Hall. I've actually never seen him fight live, so yeah. that would be fantastic. And then Pereira and, and Nico Price is going to be freaking fireworks. Yes. Um, but the fight I really want to see is Tui, Tas- uh, Tui Tasavoya. Oh, t- yeah, Tio Vasa. It's Tio Vasa. <laughs> versus Greg Hardy, because no matter what, Someone's going down hard, yeah. And then if it's if it's this is Tuivasa, uh, you know, okay, Greg Hardy's real. But if it's Greg Hardy, he's had it coming. And yep. Tuivasa, let me tell you, the way he hits, if he's going out, he's going out. Mm-hmm. He's going out. There's no, I don't think there's anybody else who hits as hard as Tuivasa. Then, then, then uh, you know, obviously there's Nganu. There's no one even yeah. close to him. Yeah, Nganu. But there's like, hits, there's like, like Rosenstruck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuivasa and, and, and Derek Lewis, all three of them, you can just choose who's which, you know, who's who. Yeah, I got to tell you, um, I'm not an anti-decision guy. I like, I'm, I'm a fan of decisions if the fight is like Griffin and Bonner or if you remember right. Jones, Jones and Gustafsson's first fight. And and, and one of the, the the biggest surprises, which I thought was going to be a disappointing fight with Kobe Covington and, and um, Ama, um, Kamara Usman, watching, watching them beat the two guys that won each other that bad for five rounds two wrestlers and not one takedown attempt that was i'm looking forward to that rematch and i think they have they're gonna mm-hmm. they have to run that back but they're running it back. but with that being said to you to to abasa and greg hardy if that goes to a decision i'm gonna be mad <laughs> everything i just said right in the same breath um, dude, I'm 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 gonna be disappointed if that goes to a decision. Yeah. They have to stand in the middle. I I don't want to see no staring contest because we are we're salivating at like what's gonna happen and who gets caught or this or that. This but just like Francis Ngannou and Derek Lewis proved to us that even heavyweights can disappoint. <laughs> right, and they you know I just don't think two uh, knockout guys should mm-hmm. be a. Uh, 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 <laughs> maybe just because even like Ngano cool like they are the heavyweight championship but like you don't always have to have the heavyweight as the, the top main card fight you know mm-hmm. so I think it should be like you should never have an MMA uh, only like two guys that are you know knockout power as that number one last fight of the night because <clears throat> there's just too much possibility that it's going to be a standoff like that right very rarely you just have two knockout guys that just go at it and just rock each other it's just mm-hmm. Like Rosenstruck and and, and and Ganu, like that rarely happens, man. It rarely happens. No, yeah, that was that was. I mean, if I told you that happened, you wouldn't believe me. Like, like if you've right. seen them fight every single fight except each other, that's that was the one you missed. You're like, no way that they, they only throw uh, 27 total attempts in three rounds. Right. Oh Come on. Gosh. No, that was just. Oh, that was just. Was that or like, like uh, eight around? Uh, Is it like nine or nine total around? Right. It was bad. Five minute rounds. It was like Engano versus uh Oliver Oberstein, like uh oh Alistair, Alistair yeah. over uh, Overstein, uh, yeah, yeah, like that was, that was a wild fight, you yeah. know, wild fight. Yeah, but rarely does that happen. I mean, well, that was a wild fight because he's a good counter striker and Engano right. is very good at coming forward. You know, I mean, Overeem sets you up. Overeem is literally sometimes turned around, running away to make you think he's afraid, so he so he could catch you with turns a knee. Turns back or around. Him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that WWE MMA. 
<laughs> like Ric Flair, no, time out. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> thumb in the eye. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh, man. So, listen, we are going to pick more of the winners on Quick Question. Uh, we'll go down the line, at least on the main card, on Quick Question. So, but for now, let's wrap up UFC or mixed martial arts, should I say? We'll talk a little bit about um, Bellator next week. You know, Chris Cyborg did her thing. They have, they still have a, a Grand Prix tournament going on there for a light heavyweight. Um, so, topic three, uh, we're going to beach volleyball because it's a wheel house. All right. So before I say what I got to say, um, the reason why a lot of people hear me blabbing more than more than Rob on some of these podcasts about volleyball is I never want to put my contemporaries in a position where they're at, where they are still active players, where they find themselves critiquing people who are also active players. It's not it's not something players like him and other people are comfortable doing. They just you just don't do it when you're an active player. Usually when you're retired, you, you, you know, we can barbershop talk all we want. So so for me. I always try to shape my question carefully because um, besides the NBA, you're not going to find a more sensitive bunch of cats <laughs> than beach volleyball players. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, for and for me, and only for me alone, I attack volleyball players with volleyball. You just got to, you just going to have to handle it or come see me. But I, but the reason why you don't hear Rob talk uh, for everybody listening uh, too much about that, because he wants to say something positive or he just, uh, or, or he'll be fair, but but a lot of times, you know, I, I, I feel like I have to carry that water, and, I don't, and I'm not trying to make you comfortable. But but with that being said, let's just do something fun. This is the Olympics, and every and everybody wants to pick winners. So the question is, we already know who the, um, which American teams are going. Um, the pools came out um, yesterday, so the pools are set. So. We're going to go through some of the pools where the American teams are in and discuss which obstacles are problematic for them um, <laughs> as they get in and out of pool play. All right. So let me let's just I'm just going to pull it up. Um, if I can if I can find it. There it is. Let's do the women first. So well, let's find Alex in April and let's pick a team in their pool that might present problems for them. Oops. Let's do that. Boom, let's think about that. Oh, that's right. I was yeah. like, first of all, I had to say, Pavin yeah. and and Paredes got a tough pool. Yeah, like that. They're number two. That's that's rough. That's kind of how the snake goes. You Ain't know? nobody doing them no favors. <laughs> I, I just think I think and Sudan Borger is good too, dude. <laughs> right. I think Alex and April got a fantastic draw. Mm-hmm. I think they, you yes. know, all those teams, I look at them and I'm saying, mm. okay, we got this, you know, but you know, that, that Netherlands team is tough, you know, the, yep. you know, you gotta, gotta definitely, you know, stay strong on them and then play your best game and hopefully come out, you know, 20, 21, 18, you know, 21, 17, and right. just keep it, keep it strong win. When you're talking about Clayson Sponsel, you know, obviously one of the last teams to get in, um, yeah, dude, you can't I mean, you can't pick a worse stylistic matchup than right. Rebecca and Anna Patricia. Yeah, you know how like styles make matches. You couldn't pick a worse style stylistic matchup for Clay's and Sponson than those two girls, especially if Rebecca yeah. is up and she's eating her eggs and bacon and she's happy. You know, she got food mm-hmm. food in her system and ready, and she it's in the true. mood to play. Um, look. Clays and sponsors has made made liars of a lot of people the last few months. So uh, I'm not saying never say never, but um, 
to me, the most important match for them in this pool, Rob, is um, the Latvians. Yeah. That, that's the that's the must have. I think they'll beat the Kenyan team. I think they will do so with relative ease. Um, with respect to Kenya, I think I think. In fact, I think one of those scores is going to be a beer game. I think they're going to hold them under ten one of them games. But look, Clay's. I mean, Gardena makes is starting an argument right now where like Clay's, you know, and Sarah Hughes weren't even the best players at USC, much less in this pool. <laughs> you know, right? In my humble opinion, I think she's the best player to come out of USC because she's already done all the, all, and she's still got another year. She was their best player as a freshman, dude. I don't know, bro. As a goofy, <laughs> and a goofy foot, you know? So all I got to say is... Mm -hmm. Sponsor, uh, I'm not sorry, uh, Clay's, yeah. in my opinion, maybe not the, the best player to come out of USC at the time that she came out of USC. At the time it was Sarah Hughes, right? Well, oh, that, yeah, well that's what they were saying. T but even Tina is like, I think the yeah. argument that she's trying to make is that like she's the best player at the time of coming out of USC, right. which sure, she could make that argument. And I, I'd probably agree with that maybe, but now... We're talking about now, or even what possibly the team could I mean, possibly be. I don't think that that's going to pass up. But that I mean, look, Clay's and Sponsor, Clay's and 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 Sarah Hughes played at the time at a time period where it they, where they the were feasting on right. everybody else, putting together True. that were that were mix and matching indoor and outdoor teams. Tina Gradina comes in as the hunted, right? Um, and everybody else is now recruiting people who play exclusively on the beach. Um, and there is pressure about of being the number one team, and anything less than winning the chip is, is a fail. Then, so that that's 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 I, a pressure too that okay. also Clay's had to do, right? Yeah. Okay, but then all then I would say to that is then why didn't they put up the record that you know Hughes and and and, and Clay's are you mm -hmm. know in, in the sense that they have that type of training, they're that much better because yeah. LSU did that. You know, uh, club, per, well, club, perfect. you know, so it's not they didn't lose any. Saying, like, well, they're it, a different class because right. they didn't lose any. Right, but the essence is that it's still it's still doable. You know, it's mm -hmm. not like impossible because that level has climbed such to such a level. Mm -hmm. You know, and that if they're that type of player, if they did at the same school in the same conference, yeah. you know, I, I would say there's more there. But that's what I'm saying. If we're just talking about the player itself, yeah, uh, not statistically because that's going to be tough. Yeah, um, I think yeah, at the time coming out, sure she's better, but mm -hmm. Clay's just she was very young still at yeah. the time, and she's gotten she's very much grown into her game. Absolutely. Dude, look, dude, we, we're, dude, we're talking right now. It's Clay's. Clay's, yeah. Clay's is, no, uh, uh, has, has, uh, look, her, first of all, her poke game is wicked. Second of all, her jump serve was always hard, but now her serve to space is more accurate. Uh, and these pressure situations where you, you, you almost want them to serve her because you expected her to fold back then. She is, she's got that killer instinct, like, please serve me. <laughs> I'm a win. You just get, you, you're giving me the win. Go ahead, give me. I got the best setter in women's volleyball right, right now. You know, uh, um, you know, a little FBI on that catch and release, but, but she's a good good at holding her platform. She can run a back set. She can run whatever, this and that. And Kelly Clays is definitely the superior player over Tina Grudina. But at the same time, we got to agree that this this second ver two versus three is very very important. I think oh, I think sure. the third place teams. I think there's four wild card spots for like third place teams, and I'll, I'll double check that later. Or someone could just message us and tell me how wrong I am and what is his credentials. He shouldn't be talking, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I, I always have fun with those those mother, mo never mind. Ooh, 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 almost got me. But um, yeah, uh, that's going to be 
they win that game, then they have less pressure playing Agatha and Duda, who I think they probably play last in the pool. You know, Patricia they they both and, come uh, in. Sorry, you're you're right, Patricia and um, um and Rebecca. Rebecca. Yeah, if if that match is last and both teams are two or no, that's the match I'm interested in seeing because there's less pressure. They're they're both gonna go. You know, they're both headed to the playoffs and and you know, go ahead. Wait a sec. Is is Anna Rebecca and uh, Anna Patricia and Rebecca the four and the and Agatha and Duda the five? Hmm. No, I think yeah. Anna, Patricia, Anna, and Rebecca are the three and the five. Wow. I'm not really sure. I mean, I looked at... Look. Well, just, just post the pools up real quick. Oh, sorry. Interesting. Yeah, let's do that. Pool A. No, yeah, so Duda's three and uh, Patricia. Oh, they four. are. That's You're crazy, right. though. Yeah. That's crazy, though. Two Brazilian teams mm. and a three-four. Let me tell you something. A lot of people are talking about American teams like they wish that they could allow more than two teams and this and that or whatever. And I, and I'm, I tell them, I'm like, right. I'm like, tell that to Brazil, dude. Right. Tell all that to time. Brazil that has like five women's teams, all of them worthy going to the Olympics. You can't say yeah. all five teams. I mean, I, I really love me some Stockman and, 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 and Kalinske and maybe they're still young and maybe they'll be good enough to go next time. But but Brazil's you no know, the America America didn't lose by not having Kerry and Brooke at the end of the day. Kerry's still my favorite player, even now. But if either you're good enough or you're not, you know, either you know, and again if she had Betsy Flint with respect to Brooke Sweat. Betsy Flint was like the poor girl's Misty May, man. That would it would, it would be a different story. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. There ain't nobody that's in the Olympics, mm-hmm. you know, that makes the team that's saying, "Oh man, we I wish we had three teams here." Yeah. So it's well, I did for the men. I, I really wish Olympic I had tried Trevor, man. You know, I mean, but we're, we're gonna go to the men next. But that, I mean, right. But guess yeah. what? They're gonna be front runners for the next year. You yeah. know, that's how it works. Still you know? mad so young, yeah. It, it should be the accomplishment of going to two Olympics as opposed mm-hmm. to. Oh, I got in the Olympics when I'm young. Now I get to get as many Olympics as I possibly can. It's like that should be the goal from the very beginning. Yeah, you know. Well, so I goals, just think it's yeah. Sorry, it's just people who are who don't try and make that a goal, and mm-hmm. then try to make a conversation about what other people should do to yeah. make that a goal. Does well, not make sense. Well, for me, the goal is to get two teams in that believe that they can win. That that right. they believe they can win. Why do you think I've been? Look, I've been been called like the biggest slays hater you know because because i said a few a month ago that that i didn't think that that team thought that they could win and a lot of people thought that was unfair and looking back retrospectively yeah what i said was unfair but fairness is a place where you judge pigs okay so um um and at the end of the day either you're, you're good enough or you're not and if they are cool i'll eat them words i'll uh, i'm talking i'm talking ash i'll eat those turds uh, just give me a little bit of um you know, Peter Luger steak sauce, so it don't taste completely bad. Now I'll, I'll eat that crow or whatever. But yeah, so let's do the men. Sorry, I went off on a tangent right there. Let's do the. We're doing yeah, the good. men, and boom. Damn, Thanks they didn't the do. Top, they didn't do crab and give no favors, did they? <laughs> no, they did not. They didn't do nobody no favors. I mean, you got Brower Muizen. <laughs> And you got Alisson and Alvaro against Christian and Dazer. That's a toss-up. And Argentina ain't bad either. No. I'll tell you that. You know, no, Capo Grosso is a good player, yeah. They could, they could steal, uh, you know, a game from one of those teams. You know, oh. one of those teams don't go on a good day. You know, the Netherlands, like, they, they do a good job digging a hard-driven ball. You know, they could beat Netherlands. Mm. You know, they, they do a good job of uh, – 
you know, controlling the situations or just serving one guy and finding the thing with Brazil, they could definitely steal a game for Brazil or, or the match for Brazil, you know, and same thing with Nick and Bill. I, I think, you know, that pool D is very difficult. Um, but man, Taylor and Jake, yeah, they didn't get any help. Qatar is like, like they are a top three yeah. team. That's crazy. That Playing their best volleyball at the right time. Holy crap. Right. Playing their best but, volleyball at the right time, dude. But uh, I got to say, what is up with this pool F, man? Like, what is going on? Did they yeah. just take it and then, like, flip it completely in reverse? Because Lozak Oh, they gave the it. host the one seed? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. And then you got you got Tholen Wickler. You got, you've got the, uh, what is it, the world champions in 2019. You got mm-hmm. the Olympic champions in 2018. And you have the uh, the what is it the the European Championships in 2021 in one pool. Pool F, you mean? <laughs> yeah, pool F. Yeah, Nikolai Lupo were silver medalist like in 2016 too. Yeah, go. Olympics. There you go. Silver ah. medalist in 2016. Cantor and Lochak, dude. That's uh, that's a wild pool. Man. Well, what's wild that's about the wild. men right now is you don't really see a beer bracket, like. Semenov and you know Guevara, the Spaniards from Molinsorum. I mean, they're heavily favored to win that whole pool. But, but you look at Semenov, um, who can, who's a streaky blocker. The the Spaniards. I mean, they're favored to beat, but they're not an easy out. But we pick Molinsorum. But that's not a, that's as close to a beer bracket as you're going to get in this heavily competitive Olympics. Um, yeah, this and Tokes. You know, the Latvians are good. Um, but. All right, so obstacles for for Gibb and Crab, obviously Qatar, um, just like Anna, Anna, Patricia, and Rebecca for Clay's for Team Slays. You couldn't pick a stylistically worse matchup for Crab mm-hmm. and Gibb. Um, can they win? Yes, yeah. but that that's their obstacle. Carambola and Rossi. Honestly, you couldn't pick a worse matchup for Carambola and Rossi than Crab and Gibb. I think. Style, where styles make matchups as all those things that Carambola does to deceive or trick their their opponents. I'm telling you, Taylor Taylor runs down that nonsense. Taylor Taylor makes him will make him make mistakes trying to be cute. That dude, you know, I mean, I don't know if Carambola what Carambola's going to try to do it uh, against Jake, but Taylor uh, Taylor right now is playing defense as far as speed and twitch the same way um Bruno was. He's 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 pursuing some of these up and downs in point eight nine seconds you know and depending depending on you know who they serve again well they serve Um, gib and and match up rossi against them and that's that's i that's how i see their path to beat jake and taylor i think jake and taylor come second out of this pool though you know i think uh i think um yeah what, what do you think i you know i really don't know i think it's going to be a great pool to watch. It is. Uh, I think the Switzerland team is yeah. a tough team, man. I mean, they yeah. got a big guy and a you know and a uh, and a good defender. It's that's that's a tough game too. So I, I don't think there's any easy games, but I actually think that's better mm-hmm. for Taylor and Jake because they're going to be locked in and engaged from the get go. Yep. Cannot drop any games. You got to make sure everything's a win. Yep. And I actually think that Rossi Carroll is a really bad mm-hmm. matchup for them. Yeah. Um, just because. They're gonna. They, I don't think they really try to mess with the the defender as much as they try to mess with the block. Right. You yeah. Know, try to move the block around, and then I'm not saying Jake can't do it, but that's like a lot of work. You know, that's yeah. probably the that's probably the game they don't want to have early on in the tournament. Yeah. You know, to, to have to win to get out. Um, but 
you know i want to me i always look at i always look at people's state of mind like uh, uh you know if they're having off games or like what kind of game face and this and that and taylor crab when he won new york uh, the camera zoomed in when they were announcing like that the players like Mark Schumann was doing his thing, you know, uh, like he like we know he does. He does well. One of the best MCs in the business, even though Dave Shaw, I got I got to plug in Dave Shaw. Dave, Dave Shaw is the best MC I've ever met for any sport. I, I met him in New Orleans and you got to meet this dude. I'll tell you stories about mm. him later. But um, Taylor, the, the camera zoomed in on Taylor's face and he had this particular look on his face that looked like if you ever saw Shawshank Redemption like Tim Robbins character like he had that look on his face like um oh man excuse me but he had this look on his face like he knew something nobody else did this that like 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 the bars and and the cage you know and the cell walls weren't even around him like he was walking like he was a free person that's the the look Taylor had before he won he beat Slick and um Allen to win uh the AVP and I ran into Taylor yesterday and he had that and he had that he has that look, that that this this tranquil, I'm in a good place, and and I think I think, I'm putting words in his mouth, but I think I'm the best play, I'm, I'm the best player in the world, certainly one of the best defenders, and and now I have the honor, duty, and privilege of showing the world what I'm made of, you know, because he knows the rest of the world didn't have him in that conversation. You know, America did. America's like, oh, he's the best defender in the world. You know, like people on the domestic scene, oh, best defender in the world, best defender in the world. But me and you knew knew kind of better. You know, there's Lupo, there's 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 um um Guto, there there were ju- there were just so many Christian Sorum. But he's got that look, man, and I'm very, very confident. I do see them finishing second in that pool. And and if they finish and if they beat Qatar, man, that's icing on the cake. Because Qatar stylistically should finish first. Like if you look at how styles make matchups, I see them I see them beating all three of these teams. Um yeah. that's my just saying thing. Um for everybody at home, relax. We're just having fun, okay? Predictions and being right or wrong is fun. Shut up. Shut your mouth. Um pool D. Let's go back. Oh God, let's zoom in on this nightmare. Now Phil and Nick <laughs> Phil has a way of if he looks like he's not interested, like by the time the Olympics come, he gets interested because so, he's a professional and that's what professionals do. And Lucena is times three. So Argentina's tough. Brian Meusen, um, stylistically, that's a match. If Phil and Nick do their job, I think they win. Um, yeah. And I see them coming second out of this pool too. But, you're, but you, you raised the question. How good is Azar and Capogrosso going to be, man? How's this Argentinian team gonna do, man? You know these relative unknowns, man. You gotta watch out for them, man. <laughs> you know. That's true. So, but Alvaro just playing. to change, <laughs> just to change the rankings. You know, yeah. all it takes is one set, and somebody it's not gonna go a perfect three zero to the mm-hmm. you know the number ones. You know, somebody's gonna drop a you know a, a game. Somebody's gonna drop a match here or there. So, you know, mm-hmm. kind of just look for those. Um, not to cut you off, but you know, when you look at the uh, at this pool, I feel like. You know, when you when you look from Nick and Phil's perspective, it's like, yeah, ooh, man, we got some two tough teams here. But you know, if you look downwards, you know, from that number one perspective, they're like, damn, like we got one of the Olympic champions, you know, some some you know really experienced players, Brower, Musen, and Phil and Nick. Um, that's a that's a tough pool all around, and I just I, I think that any one of those three teams could win that pool. Yeah. Any one of those three teams, you know. Yeah. Um, 
So that's I, I just think it's the biggest toss up. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for Phil and Nick. I think that's a really amazing situation to be in, being the third team in the pool mm-hmm. and being in the mix for that number one. So I just think that they just got to come out all 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 fire all cylinders fire, firing and uh, yeah. make sure they involve that on two game. Um, yeah, man, that uh, option is 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 golden. Steady. It's everything. Yeah. But um, you have. I'll tell you this though: if Team Slays comes out first in their pool, I see I see them in the semifinals. The you know if they beat they they beat the Brazilians in, in pool, I do see them some them having semis. Uh, yeah, I got it. And April and Alex and the Canadians, we had them as one and one A the whole time, and and I think everyone does their job. And I see them in the semis, if not meeting each other in the finals too. So I don't want to talk bad because you know I, I wish Melissa and Sarah the best, but they got a tough. Pool, man. <laughs> no one did them no favor. Like, and I know they, you know, everybody's beaten everybody before, but that Swiss team is tough, man. That is going to be a tough game for them. I gotta let's um, go back. We gotta go back. <laughs> let's go back. What the know, hell, and man? Like, and what the hell? <laughs> I'm not saying they can't, you know, they could easily crush both, like all three mm-hmm. of those teams. But man, if I'm looking at that second, I'll, I'll take that second, you know, I'll take that second seed over the first seed if I'm looking at pools. You know, like Alex April oh. here, just take our pool. Oh, dude. Yeah, what a fun discussion. We'll talk a little bit later before before the Olympics start about maybe the probability of any any of the men's teams uh, meddling or whatever. The women's scene scene it looks a lot more optimistic, um, and this is just my test, you know, of basically what I've seen the last few months and and the momentum going in. But man, I would really really be happy to have Jake and Taylor, or whatever. Taylor's gonna come on. He's gonna come on the podcast after. After the Olympics, we're gonna chit chat about about having some fun. Um, you know, as you know, I'm gonna be doing. We're gonna be doing our thing in Atlantic City when they're when they're in Tokyo, and everybody comes back happy. Um, all right, hey, that wraps up Olympics. I thought we did a good job without stepping on too many toes. Which, honestly, if 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 they gotta go, they gotta go. <laughs> but hey, one of my favorite topics, and we got a good one for you, ladies and gentlemen. I bring you to shame, or not to shame. 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 Man, we're bringing it in late, dude. Sorry, buddy. Mm. Let's do my clock. Do I see my clock? Let's find the clock. And there's Rob. Actually, if we can go back, that would be nice. Come check out the option. No, no, no. Come check out. This is why we need Miranda, right? <laughs> this is why right. we need, where's my tech? This is why I mean, where's Miranda? <laughs> All right, Rob, to shame or not to shame? Basically, uh, Shikari Richardson tested positive for cannabis, which is um, part of, um, which is also known as a type of marijuana and serve it, and has to serve a 30 day suspension, which will make her miss the um, hundred meter dash where she's like pretty much one of, you know, I guess voted the tower of the fastest woman alive. So 
her testing positive for this test, she sends a tweet saying, I'm human, and then in the same breath saying, uh, you know, I'm sorry, or whatever, which it's weird because some of it's apologetic, apologetic and some of it's like, hey, you know, I messed up. It's not human. So, Rob, um, you go first. Um, test, test positive for this. I'm giving you a whole minute to shame or not to shame. The floor is yours. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I say shame, but I don't want to say, you know, shame on her you know it's just shame mm. for the situation um the way i see it is uh you know she spent her whole career you know getting to this situation um and it really doesn't have anything to do with race or even weed at that instance it really has everything to do with everybody needs to be on a fair playing level now if you understand i learned this back in with lance armstrong the reason why weed is legalized or is illegal in these olympic competitions because you can use marijuana to or a thc to mask taking steroids or taking performance enhancing drugs. So it's a very difficult line to play when you're talking about athletics, you're talking about, you know, medical marijuana even. Um, and it's just a very, very tough for them to separate the difference between like medical marijuana, let's say, and steroids. So on that instance, there's a reason why that rules there and she cannot break those rules, you know, no matter what it is, you know, that's a bad support system around you. You know, that's, you know, whatever it happens to be, it's your job to play within the rules so that you can show that you are a clean athlete and this is the time you're at and there's no questions asked. Um, I understand that there's things, you know, sometimes you need a break off, but hey, don't go train for a week. You know, don't go, you know, don't do certain things that, that really can uh, help you get that stress level down or, you know, spend the time with your family. Um, but if you're trying to, you know, lose your job or lose the thing you've been working on for your whole life, just so that you can uh, advocate now that weed should be legalized in the sport and it's not that bad and it's for my mental health. I, you know, that's really a reactionary type of point as opposed to for years, I've been advocating that I need this for my mental health. And yet, yet now this situation comes up and the rules are in place and I've broken the rules. I understand. I'm sorry. I'm human, but I need this. It would be a lot different story. But now it just seems as though they're creating a, a narrative to, to help um, ease the situation at hand, which is just not true. If you really come out and say sorry, maybe you can get that, you know, relay on that four by 100 and be an Olympian and get that gold medal, you know, uh, and, and hopefully in four years you'll be able to train again and uh, fight for that. Yeah, fight for what's hers yeah Yeah. well rob i'm gonna go shame and because you've covered so much on the on the other part i'm gonna go the route that i choose um and i'm gonna throw the legality and the illegality of weed out out of the window we're not talking about we're, we're talking about banned substances and there's a banned substance list there are things that are on the banned substance list that are perfectly legal like high high levels of aspirin you can't even take you know that might pop up uh, for some some kind of chemical whatever uh caffeine heightened levels of caffeine uh, so there are going to be so, so many things that are perfectly legal for you to take as a human being but but on the banned substance list and then you have things that are illegal to, to take that are not mentioned on the banned substance list it's just crazy right we as mixed martial arts fans we feel we almost feel like doctors and experts on this thing so with that being said i will say this with only 10 seconds ago if you know it's on the banned substance list and you know you got a competition coming up and it's an out of it's an out of competition um banned substance or illegal the thing to do to, to do um and you know you're going to test for it and you come up hot um 
I, I, I got to go shame. Uh, Rob, I got to go shame because you. Uh, all right. You know, I'll, I'll put it like this. Know. Let me put it like this. Um, I'm, I'm, we're both biracial, right? Um, we, we have mixed parents, and on many ways, I identify with being just as black as I do white. And my question is this: Why are we the only ones getting busted for weed? <laughs> How many white people do you see pop pop for weed? Right? They're like, "Oh, that guy," and I'm like, "All right, that's the one. That's the one. Good for you." You know? But and, and Stephen A. Smith said it. Are you trying to tell me that you have all these sponsors that can lead to fame, that can lead to glory, and, and definitely some monetary benefit, and they tell you for this short time span? All you have to do is stay off the weeds. No. We tell football players or basketball players, I never saw a joint that was worth $10 million. I never saw a joint that was worth $8 million and this and that. And I am not challenging the legality of it. We all know it should be legal. We know the benefits of hemp and cannabis uh, um, uh, are, 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 as far as... Our drugs versus their drugs, the, what they want you to take that are neurologically addictive like opioids and all that other stuff or whatever. That's a different argument because those are arguments that you make before the rules are laid out or before the collective bargaining agreements are laid out. But once the rules are set. before you make a choice. Yes. <laughs> once your rules are, but once the rules are set. You have you have to go by those rules and you have to eat it. You have to take that hot L just for a little bit until we revisit that. I don't buy that she's playing the martyr for them to do this and she's taking a hit for the team so everybody could whatever. I do believe that she used cannabis because she was grieving over her mom and it was one of those things that I don't consider cannabis. If you can if you consider cannabis neurologically addictive, that's different. Then she needs treatment. If you, if you just call it one of those things where she made an active choice, then she made an active choice. And she went, but one way or another, she got she to take that hot L. TRT, t- testosterone replacement therapy, Rob, is also on the banned substance list because it's ter- it serves as a masking agent for terbanolol and other, other types of per- per- performance-enhancing drugs. So as far as gateway drugs are concerned and athletics and banned substances, oh, my God, do we have a freaking problem, man. You know? Yep. He's like, okay. <laughs> He's like, you said it. <laughs> I mean, we do. Uh, you know, football is not mm-hmm. the only sport that, that, you know, abuses opioids. You know, yeah. it's nah. even the average everyday person. Anyone. You know, they have a surgery. Yeah. They have, uh, you know, back pain. They have. So it's. I had Riley Salmon. I it's more. I had Riley Salmon right. on the podcast. He was very, right. very open about, you know, anyone that plays a sport that high, something's going to hurt. And then they're going to give you something where you're like, oh. That feels that good. Can, feel I, so can I have some yeah. more? <laughs> can I have some more? So, yeah, so glad we covered that, and that was definitely worth spill over spill overage for um um for our one minute because that was super necessary, and and um and I'm glad we're both on the same sheet on, on the music because this is supposed to be a debate show, but we we covered two different areas of that. Super necessary, bro. Um, our next topic is quick question, quick question. Oh, oh no! Sorry, quick question. Like that. See, sang karaoke. Can't sing no more. Um, quick question: Will Rogers, Aaron Rodgers, play for the Packers this year? Yes or no? No. I say no. Will he go to Denver? How's that for a fun question? No. And I say, I say no. I don't think he wants to be buried in Denver. Um, I'm going to go 
to a Wimbledon commercial uh, um, question, I'm going to put up the semifinals. Who wins Wimbledon between these four? Um, I got. I'm going with Kerber. I saw she her play yeah. golf, and I saw the way she handled golf. And I mean, she's my dark horse pick to pick to win the whole thing. I don't think that's still so unfair. I, w- I would love to get Kerber too. I believe she's a lefty, and I love my lefties. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's. I'll go with Kerber. Yep. No debate. Cool, man. <laughs> and for the men. I like Djokovic and Federer for a Wimbledon rematch. This is the quarterfinals, and they're they're they're, they're I think they're going to play tonight. That's probably seen that. Yeah, I mean, I like that. Uh, I mean, who's going to win the whole thing? Yeah, I'll probably go with uh, Federer. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like Styles making matchups for some reason. I, I I see them in the finals, but I see Djokovic winning again. Um. All right. Quick question. Let's. This is going to be very, very easy for us. We're just going to go down the line on the main card, winners and losers. <clears throat> Let's go Gilbert Burns versus Stephen Thompson. Uh, ST. Hmm. Stephen Thompson, man. <clears throat> what you got? I got Stephen Thompson, man. I, I just think yeah. he's not doing things to burn himself out. The guy still looks young and fresh every match. You know, he, you know, some of these fighters, they he take, he's, he's been taking shots. Yeah, he's but thank, shot, but not in though. sparring though. You know, not in sparring. Yeah. Like Gilbert Burns looks like he's he gets he's he's beat up before he even gets to the fight. You, who do you who do you got? Who do you got? I got Steven Thompson. Okay, Tuivasa and Hardy. Tuivasa. Tuivasa by KO actually, um, first round in fact. Um, Irene Aldana versus Yana <laughs> Konitsaya. I've I've seen Yana fight, so this is a blind pick for me. I'm gonna go with the fighter I know. I, I pick Yana. I was gonna pick Yana as well. Sean O'Malley against I guess a last minute sub. Wow, Chris Matino. I go um, oh, I go with Sugar Shane. Yes, O'Malley. <laughs> I go with Sugar Sugar Sean. Yeah. And let's, let's pick the happens. prelim main event: Carlos Condit, Mac, Max Griffin. Uh Griffin. I go con- Condit. Nico Price Pereira, man. That's, just, oh, goodness. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. <laughs> I think I want to go Nico Price. I think I want to go Nico Price, too. He's really good at weathering the storm. Cool, man. <laughs> hey, that's it for quick question. Hey, guys, but before we go, this is July. This is the month where everybody's back. And I know some some areas that were there mask-free. Like Wisconsin, mask-free. Some places, masks are optional. They go by an honor system, which, which, by the way, I think works because I think a large percentage of people are too proud to say they didn't have the vaccine. <laughs> so that's, so maybe, they, maybe that works out at the end for everybody. But um, I would like to say to all of you before we go what, I'm go- what Rob is going to say first. Rob, is there something you want to say to our population? Stay healthy, stay happy, y'all. That's all I wanted to say. I, I didn't want to take that away from you. That would have been stupid. This, that's your thing, man. That's your Russell Simmons thing. Be healthy. Stay happy. Okay? Love each other. Give someone a hug. Sing karaoke. Buy someone a drink, man. Celebrate. Continue to celebrate in de- true independence. And here we are. So with that, I leave you with, with this. For all of you at home. For all of you on your iPhone at Starbucks, for all of you on your iPad, for all of you on your Droid, for all of you on your desktop who runs the world old school, old school. For Rob, keep it McLean. 
McLean. This is episode 67 of Sports Debate Tuesday. Love you to pieces. So good to see you again, brother. Let's do it again next week, all right? We're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Angel. You're going to love what you hear.